freedom fighter named Patrick Moroni fought for his freedom against the Kingmen. He was a free part of the Freeman movement. And around, I, I like to say 76 BC because 17, 76 sounds so, it is so popular. Yeah, so man. fucking mad at you and your beards. Yeah, that's right. I, I'm with you, Greg. Don't worry. I can't, I can't grow shit, dude. I'm, this is like a week. I may be, I may be tiny oh, and puny, but I have yeah, a beard. Dude. I can grow a beard. I just it gets. You just got a. Uh, we just got a Governor Herbert tweet talking about how we all need to do better. <laughs> You're not in office anymore. Go away. <laughs> Yeah, he's not even Governor Herbert anymore. Like, but yeah, shut the fuck up. No, you're just how many, how many people died of COVID today? Um, 4,033, I think. Are yeah, you serious? 4,033 in, in all of America. I was talking in Utah. Wasn't there like 29 deaths? I mean, we had a like record, that? but yeah. yeah, it was a record. Yeah. And so 4,600 cases, right? Suck my dick from the back, Herbert. And schools, <laughs> school just starting this week. Yeah, yeah I know. We got that, like, oh boy. After the whole, after holding, holding teachers hostage. It's, it's just been a week of like American atrocities, <laughs> like across the board. They just keep coming. Like one after another. Like I forgot about COVID yesterday. That's how weird yesterday was. <laughs> Jesus. And then like this morning I was like, I saw like the, the tweet from, I don't know, whoever was at the Tribune who like puts it out every day, like Ben Winslow or something like that. But then it's like. Oh yeah, there's four thousand people with COVID in like Utah today, or like forty eight hundred. It was something ins- absurd. Yeah, I'm yeah, uh, paid attention at all to Los Angeles, so why would you? But uh, um, they've uh, basically, if if they're they're not taking anyone to the hospital. If you have a heart attack, you die at your house. Like yeah, yeah. we we posted that. We've got a little Slack uh, channel with all of us in it, and I posted that article that just straight up said. Yeah, if you if you don't have a really high chance of surviving, you don't get an ambulance. Yeah, they're like they're they're straight up um, like delegating regular people to hold their own death panels with their family members who are like maybe gonna die. Like, is this person gonna die? Well, then don't take them to the hospital because we don't have room for a di- another dying person in the hospital. Like, make that judgment. <laughs> wow. Finally, Obama's America come to fruition. Yeah, we are just That's like right. late stage Soviet Union, every, except for everything is expensive too. No, it's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> well, Isaac, hey, Isaac, we can't hear you, buddy. We still can't hear Isaac. Isaac, no. it, it would be funny if we just started and we did the whole podcast with Isaac <laughs> muted and we just claimed that we had a guest named Isaac on. With us. Yeah, just like Isaac, Isaac, it's great to have you. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> and then he's just somehow never says anything the whole podcast. I'll just have. Just we'll make just the have... audience feel like they're crazy. They're like, is it, who, who's this Isaac guy? No, Jordan, Jordan, after the introduction, Jordan will just lay in a flat line sound. Just <laughs> Isaac couldn't right. be with us tonight. We'll, we will miss him. Podcast where someone d- during it, someone died of COVID. <laughs> to your point, like you're almost you're right because watching people at the Capitol yesterday, it didn't even strike me that not one of them had a mask on, which like yeah. any other time it would have been like totally unbelievable. Well, we will get into them very defiantly not concealing their identities. <laughs> how many how many stories were there that came out today about like 
so and so is not working at Alliance Insurance that, anymore. That dude was literally wearing his work badge. His work badge, his neck. <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, like that's some Cohen Brothers shit. There are some, there are some like Antifa type LARPers a little bit who like get into like the armor shit and like the the different, well, you know, whatever. Um, well, yeah, like the six foot ten guy who kept harassing na- the National Guard. It, He's yeah. my boyfriend. Right. We're dating. He, he's great. I but love like, him, and we're and getting married in the spring. You can call them LARPers, but at least those LARPers go the distance in concealing their identity in most cases. Yeah, this dude was literally wearing his capitalist like dog collar to a riot. <laughs> it's the, insane. The funniest thing is though, like the funniest, it's it's like paradoxical that like you can't wear a mask to conceal your identity because oh. that makes you look like a pussy. In front of I the know. Proud Boys. I know, it's incredible. Wait, did, did we hear Isaac there for a sec? Did you hear me? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we are. You can hear me. Oh, good. I don't it's know okay. if it's using your microphone, microphone, but. Now it's just a little be... quiet. Okay, let me turn up the, let's see. Oh, that should be as loud as it gets. Let me try something else. That's all better. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's better. That yeah, sounds better. Cool. You're just going to have to like talk. Be close to the mic. Yeah, you got to talk. yell at us. I can just get close. Cool. Well, boys, uh, we've got a we've got a full deck tonight. So Brigham Young Money, we're here on uh, I I don't know what day it is. January is it the seventh already? Is that where we're at? Yes, it I th- is. I think so. So you day got- seventy eight at the Overlook Hotel. It That's is right. the day Donald Trump finally became president. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In the final year of our Lord. Um, he's, a, he's a late bloomer, folks. He really is. So Kyle and Jordan and Greg are here, and we've uh, we've brought in a bit of a roundtable to discuss this week's events. Greg, Jordan, and I were actually planning on recording uh, Tuesday night. And if you're familiar with any, if you were awake on Wednesday, you would probably understand why that would have been a really stupid idea because we, I, I don't even remember. I think we were going to talk about like, Kamala making up like another story or something. Quiet for freedom. Being a freedom fighter. Unfortunately, I think we maybe we're gonna mention something, but like I I looked at our old outline and I was like, I don't even remember like it didn't register in my it brain. It doesn't matter anymore. Yep. We would have so, just deleted that episode. Like we, we, we couldn't have posted it. Like No, absolutely not. It wouldn't even be a lost episode. Like we couldn't even put that on the Patreon if we ever put it together. No, the world changed overnight. It's like if we would have like <laughs> recorded a podcast on like September 10th about if Michael Jordan was gonna retire. It would have been that it would have been that bad. That, that podcast would have been like a your version of the uh the what Jay-Z album was that came out of 9-11. Uh, blueprint. Oh, blueprint. Yeah, <laughs> is it going to be a classic? Yeah. So it's the three of us. We've got uh, three other friends here with us today. So we've got a couple returning champs. Uh, Colin Young is with us, first of all. Say hi, Colin. Hey, everybody. Bad boy Colin, doctor. Colin was famously fil- filled in for Greg on one episode in which uh, Greg was really offended. So this is actually the first time Greg and Colin have been together on the pod. So uh, Colin and I, tense. Colin and I will be boxing. Yeah, it's that's gonna right. it's gonna get tense on the pod. That's right. I'm not really ready for the friction, but we've also got Mark Ag back as well. I, Mark, I always feel like I'm saying initials when I say your last name, but uh, mm-hmm. anyway, Mark Ag is back with us. Um, hey guys, we we had to bring Mark back, especially because I think Mitt Romney is going to be a topic of today's pod, <laughs> and of course, Mitt Romney is Mark's favorite politician. Yeah, my buddy. 
That's right. And then we also have Isaac Adams with us. Isaac, say hello to the people. I'm glad to join you and I'm glad that my microphone works now. That's right. We got yes. that all figured out. Um, Isaac's another friend of ours and we figured we would just bring in the heavy guns to talk about uh, the things and the stuff that happened yesterday, which of course we're referring to what Jordan effectually, affectionately deemed the Chud Flood. I thought we were going to talk about Bradley Bill dropping 60. <laughs> oh, did, uh, did we? <laughs> in a loss. In a loss. That's Brad, right. Bradley Beal did it to bring America together. I mean, that Michael Porter Jr. appears to have been there. So listen, he, good was, on him. he was the best shooter in DC that day. <laughs> okay, so I will say that Mark is wearing a Mavericks hat while the Mavericks are playing right now. I think as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got the got it on the tablet. So okay, I was going to thank yes. you for your sacrifice, and but never mind. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> in the background. So. All right. <laughs> so let's 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 dive into what what happened yesterday. So and okay, I'm gonna preface this. Did by anything saying, happen? Did anything happen? Mark, was... <laughs> I, I think that all that happened was that Joe Biden finally, in the early hours of this morning, got officially the electoral votes to win the presidency. I think that's, that's what it. happened. Yep. It, there was just a, a quick front reservations have been for made, some fellas. reason. It's, Four in the morning, like it normally happens. Yeah, normally, like just in the shadow of the dark. It's a it's a conspiracy. That's what they did in the middle of the night when everyone was asleep. It also had nothing to do with the fact that the uh, Capitol was sacked for the first time since 1814. So that was cool. <laughs> That's right. So remix. So a million dollar military and a couple dozen people took the Capitol. Fucking love it. <laughs> And don't we spend I, like we spend three quarters of a trillion dollars every single year on defense? Yeah, DC well, has more cops yeah. and troops per capita than probably anywhere else on the, on Earth. It's fucking Fort I, Knox. Yeah, I live near DC. I work in the DC area on a fairly regular basis. Like one time, I took a wrong turn and ended up heading towards the Pentagon, and like I was fearing for my life. Yeah. How did they do that? Yeah. It's it's insane. So okay, so yesterday was was a day on very on a lot of um, MAGA heads calendars, which was the day that Congress was set to certify the electors' votes for uh, president. Um, and of course, this included some people who, uh, like Burgess Owens, were elected at the same time as the vote that they were supposedly going there to say was like fraudulent so um yeah we we had representatives from all over the country kind of stating their intent leading up to this day we had senators doing the same um many famously saying that they were going to go there to i mean i don't even know what really would have happened if like there was enough to say i, I it's it's it kind of seems like it like this was all just kind of like a it's political theater type shit and there was a bunch of people also claiming that, you know, Mike Pence had the power to uh, apparently just say no to all of this and say it's Trump still. What would have happened is if they would have rejected electors from some of those states, the only thing that could have happened is that they have the rule that no one has a majority of electoral votes because they're not just going to like award them to Donald Trump. It would have just went to the House and the House would have just voted for Joe Biden. It was a dead end from the beginning. OK, cool. Not just that, well, but this whole idea that like the vice president has this kind of power. Can we like just rewind back a few years ago when Dick fucking Cheney 
was the vice president, you don't think that he would have just said, no. Yeah. Bush, Bush and I are going to run the country for the next, I don't know, four decades until my baboon heart gives out. There have been like so many, like, I mean, the course of the stuff we don't pay attention to in normal years when psychos aren't like sleuthing on the internet, finding like a, like a, a, a like treating the constitution like as an iTunes uh, like a service agreement, trying to find a little <laughs> Gosh, but like we have all these little moments of pomp and circumstance that like I guess serve some sort of rule, but it's just like we just like want to pretend we have a monarchy, so we have all these ceremonies, and it's just like we had an election day, it's fucking over. What what the hell is January 6th? I never knew January 6th was a thing before. Fuck it. I've never heard like no. This is never this has never been a day that anyone paid attention to. No. It no, it's a big deal for like Latin America. It's a big deal in certain European countries. It's Three Kings Day. That okay, <laughs> sorry. That's right. Yeah, it's, don't, don't <laughs> very very culturally insensitive of me. So okay, so I mean, speaking of cultural insensitivity, I want to preface this conversation by saying that there were a lot of events that took place yesterday that I'm going to stand by as being objectively hilarious. Uh, and did he get shot? Well, <clears throat> yes, in- <laughs> including that. Well, so, okay, so I want to say, make that like there are things that I will laugh at, and I think all of us will probably laugh at. But I, I, we will get to the point where we talk about the serious nature in which what we all witnessed yesterday, and we have uh, stupid, dumb, small brains, and the only way to process a lot of the things that are happening is for us to make fun and laugh at it. That the fact that there are fascist insurrections being carried out by people uh who were taking selfies with nancy pelosi's male uh wearing their work lanyards that say their first and last name and occupation on them like literally the dumbest people you went to high school with I was really impressed by the FBI's request for any information on who could be doing this at the same time as they were appearing on Fox News and what chilling out in the that? hotels in DC. <laughs> Dude, but they... this is the organization that J. Edgar Hoover started and where he like had the tabs on everybody in the United States. He'd yes. be rolling over in his grave to Dude, know that they're asking, where are these guys in the, the, guy, in the hotel across the street? The guy in particular who had Nancy Pelosi's mail posed for a photo with it and introduced himself. So it's like... And they're like, please, if you have any, any information, like content. I'm like, no, like you, he, ha- you have this. You guys see the interview of the guy. Uh, I was going to yeah. say he gave his full name, information, occupation, and that he was a white supremacist. And he told that to the, like the New York Times or something. Yeah, like, I think it was printed the right there. There was there like, was an article with like a young kid who who gave a recap right after everybody was like filing out of the, the Capitol. And he's like, yeah, I'm John Smith. Yeah, I live at one two three ABC Street, and I insane. work at XYZ Car Rental. I, yeah, the, the degree to which they, they, the degree which to which they were confident they weren't doing anything wrong or illegal is mind blowing to me because, like, of course, the FBI are cops; they're broadly right wing sympathetic, yeah. but also they fucking love rules and institutions. They're gonna love locking these motherfuckers up. Yeah, a lot Absolutely. of those guys have like law degrees, so like they're really particular about rules. Yeah, the uh, the, like I'm talking about people like wearing their lanyards. I just saw this story get posted by Politico. Uh, a, a Metro DC police officer in a public Facebook post said that off duty cops and members of the military who were among the rioters were flashing their badges and ID cards to get to to, uh, to gain entry to overrun the Capitol. Like, they're they, these are cops. <laughs> oh my god. Some of those who work forces are the same that burn crosses. I, right. I just love it that like troops were like flashing their ID cards like they're trying to get 10% <laughs> off at Home Depot. 
well, I, I love the story and I'm I'm jumping the gun a little bit. It's fine. And they're like, oh no, it's Antifa. It's Antifa that's doing this. I mean, Baked Alaska, famous member of Antifa, who's out there with the crowd enjoying his time with them. There while are multiple... being COVID while being COVID positive. Well, being it's positive, like, yeah, he suddenly decided to join Antifa. It's not really the right wing guys that were there. It's a false flag operation by Antifa, including all these famous right wingers. Dude, yes. It's, a lot of those guys same... that were out there, like, introducing themselves to the New York Times are, like, leaders of right wing groups who are like, no, 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 that's what I'm here for. Like, if you ask them, they're not going to say they're Antifa or anything like that. They're, like, they're very proud of the fact that they are literally, like, proud boys or the leader of like a gun group or literally baked Alaska, a fucking <laughs> Nazi. So. But you have to, you have to understand that these are the same people who have for the last five years thought that Donald Trump is playing 5d chess. That's right. Like every single one of these people have yogurt brains. Did you see the uh, the story in four parts from Kevin Sorbo today, where he's yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, like it's going through, and he's like, oh, so we're finally taking action, and look at what these patriots are doing, and then he's like, it's Antifa, bro. Yeah, it Kevin got? Sorbo made a movie like basically just wishing he was doing this, and the the defiant or whatever. Yeah, whatever, like, uh, like uh, the purge, but with Antifa. They were literally like killing Antifa, except they were like fifty year old men. It was weird. Yeah. The time, the timestamps in the Kevin Sorbo thing were fucking hilarious because like it was like so it was like Pacific Coast time, right? So it's like ten thirty a.m. History is about to be made. Eleven fifteen, we're doing it. Uh, uh, Twelve o'clock, uh, guys, don't get violent. That's what Antifa does. One p.m., Antifa did this. It's like <laughs> <laughs> insane. I know, like that's like the that's that's the the craziest thing about it. And like, there's an, uh, an article from the Independent that says six Republican lawmakers among the rioters as police release photos of wanted people, um, and they document all the known people that are that you know were part of this release that the police are you know supposedly looking for. And this list includes those lawmakers. These are normally like. Um, West Virginia delegate Derek Evans, he posted a video of himself entering the building and then deleted it later. Tennessee state lawmaker Terry Lynn Weavers told the Tennessean uh, newspaper that she was, quote, in the thick of it. And uh, she just said there was, quote, just a heck of a lot of patriots here. I and, was in uh, the shit. Yep. And, and you know, Virginia state senator Amanda Chase was there, denied that any violence took place, which, again, um, so as of this point, five people have died. Four were protesters. Uh, one was a Capitol Hill police officer. And a fucking uh, cop died from the I same know. people they who killed... have spent the last, I don't know, half decade. Yeah. Screaming about backing the blue and how, there how were 25, awful it is that like yeah. Colin Kaepernick took a fucking knee. 25 you know cops. Yeah, 25 cops were in the hospital. That's right. So, I mean... You know, and, and among more other than those lawmakers, suspects included Holocaust deniers, white supremacists, and obviously conspiracy theorists as well. Um, the which... uh, the best tweet I saw about this so far was the discourse on the right right now, on especially on like Parler, was half of them saying Antifa committed this, and the other half was just selfies from the Capitol Rotunda. Dude, a bunch of them are bad. Like they, they don't have any conception that they're all going about to go to prison for like ten or twenty years. I know. Like, they, they, they're literally being like people trying to let them off the hook, being like Antifa 
did this or turned the crowd violent. It wasn't their fault. And they're being like, no, no, I want credit for that. I fucking did that. It's like yeah. the coolest thing they ever did. And they don't care if they go to prison for a long time. And have you seen like a bunch of the right wing cranks now talking about how like Donald Trump has to pardon these patriots? Oh yeah, oh oh boy, that's yeah, been we'll, a big part of the right wing right. discourse as of we today. We will absolutely get get to the fallout from all this, but I mean, let's kind of recap. So you know, when I mentioned it was funny to see certain things, like the day before this took place, uh, the Proud Boys had a, like a really big brawl with cops in the streets of D.C. And there was footage of um, one guy in particular. Maybe I'll have Jordan put it in here, but he's basically just screaming at the cops like, I'm a Marine. We're Marines. Like, we're supposed to be on the same side. Like, we're the small business owners. Like, we're the people that you that that sh- that are on your side. So, like, why the fuck? Like, we're not on your team anymore. Because you don't want to fucking protect the Constitution. So you lost both sides of support. We had your fucking back, but we ain't got your back. We're the business owners. We're the veterans. We're the veterans. We're the business owners. We had your back, but we ain't got your back no more. We don't got your back no more. Because you don't got our back. Those heads are going to roll. So we had your back until you didn't have ours. And so now you don't have ours. So now I'm a Marine. I know we got other people here. We ain't got your back no more. Just screaming at these cops after they just got in this brawl about how, you know, they're, quote, not on the same team anymore, because all of this was just like, you know, subtext and, and understood by everyone. Uh, but like now they're seeing that they apparently just can't uh, do what they thought they could do. I mean, I don't know what they thought they were going to be able to get away with, but clearly no one thought they were gonna get in trouble at all because they're the good guys here. Well, I think it was I think it was the nation that got the quote from the woman, right? Who oh, was like, boy. Oh, geez. Like, no, Let's no, get no, that no. quote exactly right because yeah, okay. I'm pulling it up right now. I just it pulled is. it up. Okay. Says, this is not America, a woman said to a small group, her voice shaking. They're shooting at us. They're supposed to shoot BLM, but they're shooting the Patriots. Yeah. And that speaks to it exactly. They they believe in a moral crusade and that everyone is on board with that moral crusade. The yep. thing that's wild, though, is that that was every single Patriots fan watching Cam Newton this year. There <laughs> it is. Nice. There it is. Topical, Greg. But, um, but also on but topic, quite, too, just with that quote, yeah. I mean, it speaks to, like, the very nature of, like, steal the vote and all that as well. Because look at the fo- cities they were focusing on for all that, too. Atlanta, Detroit, yeah. Milwaukee, and also Philadelphia. Philadelphia. All while those states still have like liberal enclaves that are mostly like white. No one talked about Madison. No one talked about Pittsburgh. But for some reason, they focus on these cities that are have very high mi- minority populations. Yeah, Why do you think that is? Cities. Yeah, and like so, there's obviously a lot of uh, discourse around what actually is fascism. But a, a definition that I that can be somewhat agreed on by most people is that it's like when when imperialism comes home to roost and like um you know people going to the capital to take over the building and thinking the cops are going to be on their side um that's a pretty imperialistic mindset of thinking that the uh, armed forces are just going to be um you know they're they're definitionally on your side because you're the patriot you're the good guy so i Boy. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, sorry. I mean, how many times did we see that in the media yesterday, too, where they were just saying, 
how could this happen in America? Sure, I can see this happening in, in Bogota or Santiago, <laughs> yeah, or, but not in America. in all the places we've, you know, thrown a, done a coup in. So, you it know, at the be Oh, sorry. They could have used the CIA because they did it all fucking wrong. I know. Like, you, you, you don't seize the Capitol first. You take the radio and TV stations first, stupid. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. None of them have ever watched a heist movie. There yeah. was a joke I saw that made me laugh. It was like, it was, they're saying like the joke was going around South America was saying like the coup failed in Washington because there wasn't an American embassy to run the logistics through. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I've read Legacy of Ashes. The CIA is pretty bad at it too. Like, yeah. yeah, yes. Right. They just throw enough money at it that they're able to get it done more often than not. But they, well, the degree to which it works is like just causing chaos is enough. They never actually succeeded in like long term installing someone that was effective. They just succeed in dragging everyone else down to the rules. We rule over the ashes. Like the, that's you know, right. Yeah, I'm yeah, um, just creating a vacuum somewhere. Uh, I mean, and the Trump administration doesn't exactly have a good track record with coups so far. I mean. We saw what happened, what was attempted in Venezuela uh, last year, <laughs> and I think it was um, taken down by some fishermen. Um, so yeah, it's, that's uh, the funniest story. By, by my count, we've tried five coups this century in Venezuela, and none of them have worked. But um, I do want to recommend there's great newsreel footage in the 1950s of Vice President Nixon landing in Venezuela and a mob trying to like, break in the windows of his limo and try to drag him out and, and, and rip him limb from limb. Wow. And the Venezuelan military, who uh, we, had, we just installed a military dictatorship, rushed head to Russia and saved him and his wife's lives. Uh, that's really fun to watch. But the <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they, they figured this out in the 50s. Like, it's like they, they don't believe anything the CIA does. They haven't for half a century just because, like, anyway, sorry to interrupt. <clears throat> Man, that's nuts. Okay, so hell of a track uh, record. <laughs> that really is. Uh, so let's see. Um, you know, like when the day started, you know, things. I I was grateful for someone like Hassan Piker, who dedicates his entire life to streaming, and I uh, was able to watch his stream, which basically was just watching a whole like seventeen different videos at once. And it was funny to see some of like the stuff that was taking place outside. There's just, I mean, it was like the ultimate, it was a Q rally, but it was obviously more militaristic than normal. But um, famously, the Q shaman was there. And that, that this is a guy who um, you'll notice as someone who wears like a buffalo hat and has like body markings all over. And um, yeah, it's, it's, he, he's a bit of a crank. But he, he's like if the character from Memento was like really into child trafficking conspiracies. Yeah. And he, yeah. And he, you know, it, it was insane to see them, him in particular, but everyone else just like, once they got into, into the building, um, you know, they were just like taking selfies and doing whatever. Uh, and I got, there's a really good picture of this guy stealing the uh, an official, I don't know where the podium was from, which room, but he's just, <laughs> it was the speaker's the podium, the speaker's <laughs> podium. And he's his just name, running. His name was Via Getty. Did you see those tweets? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Q, the Q shaman, uh, his name's Jake Angeli, uh, I think is his name. But yeah. uh, he got called Antifa and he's been, he was online all day pleading with people that he's not really Antifa. He is actually a Trump supporter and it's just Dude, the funniest fucking shit. Out of all the people who has like the resume to prove that he's a Trump supporter, he's been at every Q rally for like, like all over the country. Like he yeah. goes 
every in any state he's like always at especially the ones in like california and arizona he's like always there and so i i bet he's very sad to be called antifa when he was you know he's as legit as it gets nothing was funnier than like seeing like someone say like the q shaman was a was an antifa person too because they posted a picture of him at like a blm rally but the only problem is they cropped the photo so it cropped the sign out that he was carrying saying q sent me that's right. He's literally holding a sign that says Q sent me. So Not just that, but if you look, if you actually look at his tattoos, his tattoos on his arms are just a sleeve of like a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. A sleeve of a brick wall. And he also has like Thor's hammer on his. Yeah. He's yeah. got Odin and all of these different Nordic symbols, which uh, they're symbols not necessarily associated with fascism. But when you're at a fascist rally and you have those symbols, they have specific meaning. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, Antifa is really known for being into Q and Nordic symbolism, so. And like, I don't know, I mean, the last time I had a meeting with Soros, he was all in on funding the border wall. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, the, the, the Antifa meetings, a lot of Q talk. Lots and lots of cute talk. Um, so, I mean, there was really just like so many like little funny vignettes of like these different characters that we were seeing. Um, but like as things escalated, you know, so they they these this group of, of people broke into the front doors of, of the Capitol building. And, you know, from all accounts and what we could see were met with pretty minimal force. There were, I mean, there were instances of tear gas, obviously, but like from what we had been used to seeing, I mean, the, the people just walking around that church in D.C. were met with more force than a lot of the vast majority of these, of these quote, protesters who um, were at the Capitol yesterday. And, um, you know, so, so they, they break into the Capitol building and most of them are kind of just like wandering around the halls, not sure where they're going. Um, and it also start, we start to see little clips of interactions that these people are having with some of the officers. And I'm, so I'm not sure if they're all like, I don't know what the distinction is between DC officers and Capitol building officers or whatever, but like, we're seeing some pictures, some videos of cops taking selfies with some of these people who were rushing into the Capitol building. And we see, um, them opening up some gates to let people in and they, you know, as as these cops are can be falling back sometimes that's a thing to do but there were a lot of very suspicious videos of cops literally just like letting them go into the capitol building um there was one in particular this quote that i was reading from uh this article that says uh this this guy that was interviewed that was breaking in um this is an ap article we wanted to have a few words with mr schumer he said he's probably the most corrupt guy up here you don't hear too much about him but he's slimy you can just see it uh that's interesting uh and then it continues and says but they could not find mr schumer's office he said they asked a capitol police officer who tried to direct them but they gotten <laughs> nowhere so i mean i don't think that every I, okay there were certainly some cops that were there just absolutely just on board with it. Um, but there were also some fights that took place. And one, I mean, the most uh, notable of which is there was this woman who um, 
uh, who had flown there from California. She was, uh, is she an Air Force veteran or something, Jordan? Yep. Yeah, she served like 14 years in the Air Force, but yeah. never became like a non-commissioned officer, which means she didn't do anything in her 14 years. So that's yeah. rad. So she was breaking through this window. I'm not sure where in the Capitol building, but there's video of it and a Capitol uh, cop just shoots her and she bled out at some point and died. So is with that... I saw a supposition, and I don't know if there's been more accurate reporting that that was where the where the Secret Service was, and that that might have been where the Speaker of the House and the Vice President of the United States may have been hunkered down. Honestly, and probably they warned them, you need to stop. Like if you breach this spot, you will be shot. And right. I, I think it was Secret Service is what I saw. And that, if if that's wrong reporting, then... he was wearing a suit actually. So you're probably right. I think it probably was Secret Service. It, it was. It all seemed to be going to this really specific hallway where they had where someone the, the capital either the Secret Service or cops or whatever had like built up a barricade, but there were still windows that could potentially be. And so the the people broke the windows, and she was the first one trying to climb through, and that's where she was shot. And so this is where like. I mean, it obviously goes up a, a, a notch here in, in severity, but like, you know, the House and Senate were in session. Um, and if you've ever looked at like someone like, uh, I don't know, Ilhan Omar's uh, Twitter mentions. Oh, Jesus. You kind of think I started to like think I was like, I mean, these are uh, people like her in particular uh, get a severe amount of death threats daily. And from people who are uh, maybe not the exact people who are breaking that building, but based on the social media profiles that have, have, have kind of that we've seen of the people who were famously either killed or died because of this protest, were probably in Ilhan Omar's mentions being that crazy. So, like, I started to think about some of those things and like. That's a legitimately scary situation yeah. for a lot of the people who were there. It is. I mean, you saw some of those guys who went in there with guns along with like zip ties. They were not going in there just to that take was, people captive. That was insane. That was wild. They were going in to execute people. Like, yeah. That's it. No one's going they in there to commit a capital crime to just like hold a congressman hostage for like a couple hours. You're going in there to kill someone. Because regardless, I, it's the end of your life. You're, you're not walking out of that building. Uh, I, I or so you would expect, given everything like the hypersecurity of DC and given how they normally treat people, that's what you would expect if you go in there. But yeah, it was a suicide mission. Um, I don't want to. I don't ever be to put in the position of like just like de defending cops as an institution. Um, I, I will say uh, two quick things. One, one like I looked it up. There are only two thousand Capitol Hill police officers in total, and there was like a crowd of 40,000 people. So they really there was kind of hopeless the position they were put in when Trump, when DOD refused to deploy the National Guard. Anyway, like my understanding is like Capitol Hill cops are kind of like glorified park rangers or TSA. They're not, they're not like, they're not, they're not supposed to de defend it from invading hordes. They're not, they're not equipped for it or trained for it. Yeah, they're, and, they're not the Metro DC police and they yeah. aren't the National Guard. And that's, that's the really remarkable thing mm -hmm. is that we were warned about this and there was plenty of National Guard and plenty of Metro police at other protests, BOM, this summer. And just for this, no, no, we can't have that kind of show of force. Not um, to mention, you have so many like active duty military bases nearby too. You have Fort Detrick there. You have Fort Meade there. You have places where you could pull in just infinite amount of resources to secure the area. And honestly, because they refuse to dedicate any sort of force to securing anything, that's why five people are dead. Um, 
yeah, that all that's totally true. I, I, I don't know how posse comitatus works. She goes ex-military dudes. I don't know if you could just deploy people from a military base, but the but uh, the uh, the second thing I'll say is like, I mean, we all I think we all agree that cops shoot should, should shoot less unarmed people. Yeah, and I, I think that's true even when the person's a dipshit because often they're dipshits uh, in some way or fashion. Um, and like the I'm not sure what their goal was, but like holding people off long enough for congressmen to escape and then removing the barricades is probably the responsible thing. Yeah, this so honestly was. Like, so like my thing is like it's not that they should treat white people worse. They should treat everyone oh, this good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like I, I would wish like a secret service agent would wait like 10 seconds while I'm trying to like barrel down a door while they're pointing a gun at my head too. It's like, yeah. please don't do this. Please don't do this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do have to bring up though, my favorite tweet and it is a bit uh, insensitive. So gird your loins, but I don't know if you guys saw what Mike Malloy tweeted about this. I'm still in stitches about this, but he said that lady broke into the Capitol and got to meet Ronald Reagan on the same day. <laughs> she really did. Boy, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, lives down the street from me, by the way, is my neighbor. Oh, nice. wow. That's, that's a good cool. dude right there. Wow, I like that's him. a, that's a classic LA story right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's exactly right. So like there were, I mean, Colin had some good tweets about this as well, uh, but like pointing out the fact that there is a very clear and stark discrepancy in how uh, even some of us were treated at that, like as 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 little of a target as we as someone like I am at a protest, how someone like I was treated versus like how we saw some of these protesters treated. I got threatened um, to get arrested for riding my bike on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's like, and there were there was just countless i mean it was like happening to international journalists while they were live on tv getting shot with like rubber bullets i mean there was so and we don't want more more capital violence or police violence in any way but it, uh, it's so yeah uh, take it oh yeah isaac i, I, oh, was, I, isaac, I was saying no. I, I was saying there's there's this report um from bloomberg about one of the capital police officers apologizing to the insurrectionists as they left this, this is from reporter Laura Bliss. They left the still chaotic scene at the Capitol grounds. He said, I'm sorry about all of this. Thank you for your patience. Yeah. And, and that's great. Like th the situation was calm. They're asking them to leave. They're getting things taken care of. And he's like, okay, thank you for your patience and taking care of things. That's how it should be. You're able to protest without invading the Capitol. And that's how we want the police to react. But like Colin was saying, like he saw the protests this summer and how people that were doing completely innocent things and the one um and his the last name of the boy in colorado elijah when they were doing the violin vigil and how the police treated a vigil like it, they were just playing they fucking music. guessed a bunch of peaceful protesters during like a violin oh, performance yeah. I, th I think they they detained like a bunch of dsa people that night for multiple days <laughs> actually yeah. well and that's i like it's it's really weird to me because um, if you if you've ever been to a BLM protest, the organizers are really serious about keeping everyone safe. Mm -hmm. They're really serious about it. The organizers like you can tell bad organizers because they put people in situations of danger. Yeah. Right. Like they lead people into places that are going to get them arrested or get them in trouble. Good organizers, they're really serious about taking people's safety very seriously. And so like 
just the dissonance of having these people talk about how they're coming to invade the Capitol, literally saying, we're going to bust down the doors of the Capitol. And then you like compared to people who are legitimately, you know, like we're going to protest and we want it to be as safe as possible. And the, the police response to those two messages was completely different. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I, and that's, I, that's insane. Yeah. And I think the best way to compare it to is if you look at like other protests around too, like even in DC itself, like the J20 protests where at, at the Trump's inauguration where 234 people got arrested and including 70 people who got charged with like decades worth of worth of like prison sentences because someone in the crowd of 70 broke a window, one window, but they use like the Pinkerton, uh, uh, I forget what it's called. The like Pinkerton, like a uh, legitimacy law, which is pretty much says, well, if any of you break a window in here, you're all getting charged with it. Yeah. So if they did that here with the protests here, you could charge a few thousand people with felony murder because of five people dying. Yeah. Yeah. Did we ever find out like what the, so the other three people died of medical emergencies, which I'm assuming is like being fat and old and breathing tear gas for the first time. Is that what yeah, we're yeah, about? one of them for sure just had a heart attack, just straight up had a heart attack and died. That's yeah. the guy that supposedly got tased. Uh, the, I think the quote was tased himself in the balls and died. Uh, <laughs> the guy who had a heart attack, the rumor is that he tased himself, but that we're not sure yet. He called his family it's it's really and then it's really bleak someone else had a heart attack um someone uh, got crushed someone, yeah one of the yeah a, a lady got crushed and i think um the, the a lot of the cops too. that were injured yeah um a, a lot of the cops that were injured um had to go to the hospital um were due to the quote crushing so just like getting buried underneath a bunch of people i guess in like a yeah it's 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 bad so I mean, there were the funny moments, but like as it as time as as you know the afternoon went on and things kind of started to settle down, but there were still so many more dramatic scenes we were looking at. We were seeing, you know, confederate Confederate flags, like dudes running through the halls of the Capitol building with Confederate flags, which is just like the um, the, the picture of the guy with like the Confederate flag on the background of that. Like you can see a portrait and it's of Sumter. Yeah. Who was yeah. beaten to death by his colleagues on the Senate floor for opposing, for giving an anti slavery yeah. speech. Like that. And then to see the Confederate flag yeah. and Sumter in the same like image is insane. And you also yeah. saw like the guy who had like the Camp Auschwitz shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just like, just nothing but like fascistic white supremacist symbols just throughout that entire thing did, did you see somebody say that was proof that they were antifa because right-wing people aren't anti-semitic <laughs> boy okay <laughs> it's oh, like I, trump, trump loves israel so obviously no trump supporter would be anti-semitic that's right how could I, yeah how could a, yeah. how could a guy actually, who uh who wears the camp auschwitz shirt and loves israel be anti-semitic that's really when, strange that was actually the last thing i talked to soros about <laughs> when they were in charlottesville and speaking and chanting jews will not replace it replace us that was from a, a place of great love for the jewish people that's right that's right yeah so i mean I had been talking a lot with like Jordan and Greg in particular when we were like getting ready to figure out what we we're going to talk about. And, you know, we were 
there were things that were popping up that were really funny. Um, but Jordan mentioned something uh, with um, and his fiance was talking with us a, a, a bit, too, and like talking about her experiences with her coworkers. And I, I don't want to speak for her. Jo- Jordan, do you want to share what she yeah, was talking I, I can totally about with you? Do that. She was uh, she was doing a meeting. It was a social justice educators meeting. And essentially it just talked about, and a a lot of the people inside that meeting were women of color, were people who were in marginalized groups. And she talked about how the people in there were just like, no one could focus on the meeting because they were just, they were just kind of broken a little bit because some of them were in literal tears because they saw these symbols of white supremacy in our nation's highest, in our nation's highest symbol. Like the, the Capitol is supposed to represent one of the three branches of government, the top one of the the top three branches and to see those symbols fly in there is as is nothing more than a signal to those people that you're still below us we run everything no one's stopping us from doing this don't you see that no one's stopping us yeah yeah and that was really hard to uh i mean I, I'm torn because we we we've all I mean those who pay attention have seen so many signs of this on, on smaller scales um and you know we know there's again side reference a tweet but there was like you know people asking why the cops aren't stopping them is like asking where Hannah Montana is, or asking where um Miley Cyrus is when Hannah Montana is on stage it's like right they're, it's they're one in the same in a lot of cases and like we know that like 80 something 87 percent is the number in my brain of of cops voted for Trump it's like we, we know this ideology that exists and we know the excuses that are made for some of these people over and over again. And we're going to get into kind of um, more of like the higher level response to all this and like what is where we go from here. But so this wasn't really a surprise, but like at the level it was like to see a Confederate flag going through the halls of the Capitol is like not something I expected on a fucking Wednesday. And this was such a high for like white supremacists everywhere too. Oh, totally. I was driving home from work today and I saw a guy flying like full size Confederate flags and, and don't tread on me flags on state street in Salt Lake city. I saw someone on four South today with the exact same thing. It was probably the same dude. Cool. Yeah. It was just, it's it's, yeah. They're, they're really, they're really (laughs) encouraged by everything that happened yesterday. It's this bizarre I live in the South, kind of. I live in Richmond, which was the capital of the Confederacy, even though any real Southerner will say I'm not in the real South. But this symbol, the, the Confederate flag, is literally the flag of traitors. And people think, oh, this is my sign of my patriotism. And yeah. they, they think that they're real patriots. And I'm like, no, those are the people that rebelled against the country, that were crushed by the Union, and should be embarrassed traitors. Why are you, you fucking lost. Of losing traitors? Yeah, I'm, yeah. From, uh, I'm from, I know what you're talking about. I'm from Virginia originally, uh, South Virginia rural uh, area. And when I moved to Texas, people called me a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this fight is all about, like, according to them was, you know, the fair election. It was never going to be a fair election, though. They Like, no matter what the outcome was, um, you know, Trump will beat Hillary Clinton and he says that he, like, there were 6 million illegal votes or whatever. He's always said that Um, this it's never really been about a fair election. Uh, Mike Lee said it himself. It's like, you know, they want to be the ones that make the decision like representative democracy or Republic or whatever. Like we're leaving it in their hands because they know best. Like democracy is inherently dangerous because it gives people 
you know, people in cities like Atlanta, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee, it gives them, uh, you know, equal voting power to someone in, in the rural part of the country or something like that. Like, well, There's absolutely a segment of the population that just wants to go back to, you had to be a white male landowner. That's, yeah. that's oh. what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And we want to go back to that because the white male landowners the people with the money that are white and men, they're the ones that know what to Dude, do. They would be so stoked, even if it was just people who owned a home. If, if they said people who owned a house are the ones who get to vote, like they would, there was a, there's a good chunk of this country that would be very stoked about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about like what's going to come from this. And uh, I think we, I, again, I think we all kind of know <laughs> um, because we live in this country and people don't face consequences. Um, I mean, Really, this is the opportunity where people absolutely 100% need to be held to account, but most likely won't be. Uh, I, I There's already amnesia. There's been so much amnesia about the stolen election in 2000. There were Br- the Brooks Brothers riots then um, orchestrated by people like Roger Stone. There, during the Obamacare uh, saga, there were people showing up to town halls to talk about healthcare, healthcare town halls. There were people showing up with guns to intimidate those who were like there to to learn and talk about like Obamacare and that type of thing. Um, I tweeted this out today, uh, and it's still very much true. And just thinking about it puts a pit in my stomach where I said the most depressing thing for me is knowing that after the dust settled, Democrats will go right back to talking about reaching across the aisle and compromising. Well, which how the fuck do you compromise with people that's, like that? That's what's so concerning. Um well, and also uh, armed militias taking over state houses. We've seen uh-huh. we've seen it multiple times in Oregon, actually, but Michigan more recently last year when it came to the um, the stay at home orders. It, but it I, happened here locally, where like Spencer Cox and a bunch of other like local elected officials have had to be like ushered out of the Capitol building. Yeah, well, the, well and that that got lost in the news yesterday too because they actually took over the Kansas state house. Yeah. And they actually invaded the Washington state governor's mansion. Like it happened all over the, the country yeah. and it just like got, it got lost in, in the wash. Like, well, yeah. And the other part of what happened in DC that we haven't mentioned is the IEDs that were found. Like, oh, that's right. That's, yeah. yeah. There were two, two IEDs, right? Yeah. yeah. Two IEDs. And they also recovered a bunch of like Molotov cocktails too. Um, the, these high pressure situations, what's interesting to me is that you can watch people kind of learn in real time. Like this morning, Nancy Pelosi adjourned Congress, which means they wouldn't be able to debate impeachment or uh, deal with the fallout from the 25th being invoked. By the afternoon, she was calling for impeachment for the 25th to be invoked. It's like, it's starting to sink in that there has to be consequences. It's like, it's like, it's like I, I hope Biden watched the news today. He gave a speech, so I'm assuming he did. But it's yeah. like, it's like, oh shit, I might, my DOJ might have to arrest some of these fucks or we're all gonna die. Yeah. And they don't want to. And that like, that's, that's, I mean, Nancy Pelosi had to be kind of dragged into impeaching Trump the first time. Um, And like famously when Obama took over the, you know, we're looking forward, not back at the crimes of George Bush. Um, And just, I think it was this week or last week, Hakeem Jeffries said something similar, um, obviously before this all took place about how, you know, we're not going to look back. Like we're looking forward again. Um, but like when you, when there's no, when people aren't held to account for any of these things, when people aren't held to account for, you know, doing things like the Iraq war or something like that, like there's no, there's nothing stopping anything from this happening again, 
or because what was quite literally happening during the, during this whole thing is Trump continued to tweet. He actually got <laughs> he, he got banned from Twitter for 12 hours, which is hilarious. Um, I think that which I think is way funnier than a permanent ban is just like a temporary ban. Uh, but he got banned for 12 hours and, because he kept tweeting out shit and videos. He was he tweeted out one of the craziest videos I've ever seen where he he called the protesters like very special. And it was it it made me laugh really hard, even though it was like horrifying. But he was just like, all right, guys, like settle down a little bit. I think you're all very special. I think you're great people. But just like I love you. Yeah. I love you. We love you. You're very special. It was was, so weird. It was such elementary teacher voice. Dude, it was so condescending. It was so funny. But like, it was horrifying because like, he's literally just out there just saying like, like, this is all good. You know, we're we're fine. And then they put Joe Biden on stage, unfortunately. And he kind of, you know, like Mark said, I think there's going to be, I hope they're forced into doing something because Joe Biden was kind of like, you know, the, everyone in power and the media wants to downplay this and, and as much as as much as possible and say this is an incredibly small segment of people. You know, this is like this is something we are hearing over and over again is this is not who we are. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, I the I thing definitely. about that is, too, I yeah. mean, this has been an escalation for 30 years. Exactly. Like ever since the Clinton years, too, like. Democrats have been terrified of actually like confronting like right wing violence because of what happened in Waco. I mean, take a look at like the Oklahoma City bombing, for example. They got Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols and then didn't look any further beyond that. What's all these phone records going to right wing Christian white supremacist militias? Ah, it's probably nothing. Let's just move on. Uh, same thing with militias all over the country too, like the Michigan militia, the all the neo-Nazi ones up in like the Northwest and Idaho and Washington. Yeah, yeah, they just they just ignored them because they were terrified of any sort of consequences of actually dealing with them in any sort That's of right. significant manner. Well, and it yeah. and it all led up to like the Bundys under the under the Obama administration. Yeah, it just made me think like like I I wanted to say like what did some of you not grow up and watch the Oklahoma City bombing and Columbine and Newtown and charleston and like what like this right-wing violence is is perfectly american and it's been perfectly american your entire life not to mention even just you know going back into the history of you know that i didn't live through yeah this entire through country the, through this you. the race riots in the 80s and 70s and you know the, the civil rights movements in the 1960s and the ku klux klan like this kind of right-wing violence is is america like it has such a strong precedent and it's just that people want to pretend that it that it doesn't. Yeah, and like all our lives, and even before any of us were even born, like this country has always had an us versus them mentality, whether it's the communists, whether it's black people, whether it's terrorists, evil dictators throughout, like etc. And it's all been under the veneer that they like they hate our values, they hate our freedoms, they're they're infringing in some sort of way, and like that meta- mentality it's it's metastasized and it's now become internalized like it's usually been foreign enemies and it's it's been turned internal and it's it's become america versus america and like this was this was inevitable like the chickens have come home to roost yeah, yeah. it's been widespread for a long time too like you can't tell me that eric rudolph didn't have any sort of like logistical support during the 8 years he was evading the fbi I mean, he just didn't go and like, oh, well, you know, just going to go hide in the woods for a long time, too. 
despite me like going up and blowing up abortion clinics, which is one of the main goals of like right wing extremists. No, it's just, it's another one of those things that like no one ever wanted to really focus on and they never did. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we're getting the same excuses, uh, and downplaying this as much as possible, you know, equating it to things we saw in the summer with the BLM protests. Um, but where, you know, since Utah is the land of um, respectable republicanism, we are, of course, getting a lot of this from our uh, our local leaders. Oh, I do want to mention one thing real quick that we forgot to mention. Do you remember when uh, uh, Mike Lee called uh, Trump Captain Moroni? Mark, you probably yes. get this get this reference, but uh, in the Mar- Mar- Moroni is the angel. Uh, they, they brought the golden. There's actually two Moronis. This is the there's a there's a warrior battle man Moroni, and then there's the angel Moroni. And uh, M- Mike Lee called Trump the Captain Moroni. And there's this famous, uh, oh man, Isaac, I feel like you you know it the best. The, the quote. Know, <laughs> the quote, uh, the title of liberty says that they would stand for their families and fight for their, their freedoms and their justice. And I, I don't remember the full yeah, thing yeah. that he says in it. So, I'm going to pull this up. There was a guy at in DC waving a flag that had the captain moroni quote thing on it the thing that captain moroni had in in the book of mormon had written on the flag there was a guy in dc breaking i don't don't know if he actually made it in the gavel building but he was part of this protest (laughs) waving that fucking flag it was insane um yeah the exact wording is important but mike lee you know just a very incredibly um prescient through line to uh to what we're seeing at the capitol building but yeah so i I pulled it up or if greg has it well i have it pulled up it's just it's a quote from the book of mormon in the book of alma verse or or chapter 46 verse 12 in memory of our god our religion and freedom that's right that was which has become like a big battle cry for desnat which is like far right uh mormon traditionalists we will get into that we will cover that in another episode (laughs) It's basically just like alt-right Mormons. Which which is perfect for like any sort of like right-wing framing too because what like Moroni was fighting against was like corrupt judges within like the Nephite community. So it was... That's right. It's perfect for like if you're storming the Capitol to go take Nancy Pelosi (laughs) hostage or something. Yeah. I'm full circle. So, um, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to read a a quick op-ed from Mitt Romney um, because of course he's... Uh, oh, is, uh, you know, a, a little bit of foreplay that took place before the storming of the Capitol the night before um, Mitt Romney was also flying back to D.C., obviously, because he uh, has he was going to, to, quote, certify the election or whatever. And all the people from Utah who were going to this uh, storming of the Capitol were also flying to D.C. and were uh, on the same flight as Mitt Romney or in this at the same gate as Mitt oh, Romney. Jesus. So he was getting harassed and, and stuff. And you, you uh, got to have better. You got to have better handlers. That's like right. They got to they be much more on top of it to Dude. not put Mitt Romney on the same flight as these people. I know. Insane. And like there's footage from inside the plane and they're like chanting traitor at him from like the back of the plane. It's just... It, it's I'm honestly crazy. shocked he flies commercial. I I'm, I kind of am too. I was thinking, why? What the fuck? Like, what? You have like a you have like a billion dollars. Where are you from? Commercial? Yeah, this he, isn't he put, the, this isn't the first airplane incident Mitt Romney has had, uh, because oh, in the past right. he actually 
gotten a, in a scuffle with Sky Blue from LMFAO. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I okay. Well, we'll get into that later. But um, okay, so we're seeing a lot of that like respectability politics type shit from these people. But Mitt Romney is one of the best at it because he's obviously uh, being heralded as you know one of the. Uh, mavericks against Trump, despite believing in, even when he was getting harassed in, the, in those videos, he said he believes in like the same thing as Trump. Like they were like, why aren't you fighting for Trump? He's like, you know, he's, he, they're like, why aren't you giving the election to Trump or whatever? He's like, I agree with Trump, like trying to downplay it a bit. But I was like, yeah, he really does. Like ideologically, they're very, they're exactly the same. Romney votes with Trump 80% of the time. Yes, he does. Okay. So feel free to stop me at any point, but the first line, I didn't think it would happen here. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. The divisiveness, the resentment, the suspicion, the anger that pervades so many countries seemed foreign to the people I had met during my campaigns only a decade ago. Remember when he took like the campaign <laughs> off just to like talk about how like Obama apologized for Benghazi the day after it happened? That's like right. most of the most of the fucking Benghazi myths come from Mitt Romney's fucking press conference the next day. So good. So, so wait, this he didn't see any of that. But did he miss 2008? Was he gone when the Tea Party, or like 2010, when the Tea Party rose up and was like burning Obama in effigy and like threatening violence? He missed that and spitting on Congress people as they were yeah, going he, in. He, yeah. he didn't see that in his campaigns. It's really interesting. Nope. He just missed that. He must have missed it. He so, walked through Charlottesville. Yeah, that's right. He did. He uh, uh, took an extra year in his mission to avoid Vietnam too. So like <laughs> he missed a lot of things in the past. Like it's understandable oh that he would be so like. He would miss so much like divisiveness in America. Yeah. And we're, I mean, this is, this is, he, he's one of the rats that's, that's fleeing the ship as it's sinking. I mean, um, I didn't mention it earlier, but there's like been resignations from Trump's cabinet. Uh, Mick Mulvaney, Betsy DeVos have both resigned. Uh, Chris Stewart, uh, one of our, I think, uh, Greg's representative, um, famously won't called, box me. Yeah, he's a fucking Greg, coward. He called Trump, quote, our Mussolini back in 16. Like, uh, he, he said this about Trump back then before anyone thought Trump was going to win. Trump wins, and he's been like a huge Trump guy. And then now in the ninth hour, he's like, oh, I, he says he's his support for Trump has, quote, as has lessened. <laughs> um, but like, anyway, like hours after he said that he wasn't going to confirm the like electoral results. I know. He, he's a fucking joke. Awful. His chin is awful, too. I don't like it. <laughs> Um, want to punch his chin. Fun okay, fact, so Chris, Stewart's, Chris Stewart's brother is a federal judge, and guess whose new governor was a clerk for him? Oh, who? Spencer Cox was like... I know. Yeah, like it's just... Uh, oh, there's such, a, such incestuous relationships in Utah it's politics. It's the worst. <clears throat> okay, so... what I'm Really keeping that Mormon spirit alive. That's right. Oh. Well, what impressed me most about my fellow Americans was the optimism, the sense of purpose, and a willingness to help one another. Who great, in 2021 is fucking optimistic outside of like the this? Oh, this is an multi-billionaire. Th this next line is fucking incredible. The Great Recession had not made us bitter. It seemed to have made us more determined to pull together and cheer each other on. Bro, I have not played basketball since fucking March. <laughs> I have not seen any of my friends. Uh, since the le very last time we all came and hung out and socially distanced on <clears throat> my backyard, which is like the first weekend in October. Dude. I am like 
Okay. On my way to becoming uh, Jack Torrance. Can we just yep. talk about like how great Atlanta was? The Great Recession didn't make us bitter. It just made like forty percent of the country just like check out altogether. But it didn't yeah. make us bitter. Yeah. Uh, to which Great Recession like is two thousand eight? Yeah, because yeah, uh, I was going to say the one we're currently uh, in. The, <laughs> that's, well, okay, so that's the one I thought. My bad. No, you're yeah, fine. So I, was, I, I, was like, I was I was a little clouded by the current Great Recession. Yeah, we've yeah. got to our version like, of Japan's lost decade. Yep. You know the Fuck. Occupy the Occupy Wall Street and stuff like none of that also happened. Like this ahistorical shit. I know. Just, just it, like it just drives me where insane. everyone just bounded together and like helped each other through the first Great Recession of the last twenty years. Are we just going to skip over like the mass suicides that happened in 2008 after every like the amount of people who just lost their entire livelihood and I know. like what little bit of money they had saved from their 401k's just were <laughs> wiped out in the blink of an eye? But it's Greg, insane. you're thinking about the wrong things. We came together. Sure, some of us did kill ourselves, but the ones that survived, we came together. That's right. In some like <clears throat> philosophical sense that i'm not quite sure i could really like alliterate but whatever. solidarity and the fact that none of us are going to retire yeah we, uh, we came I... together to clean our uncle's brains off the inside of his garage <laughs> <laughs> oh i man. gotta say damn man. it mark okay okay <laughs> the, i'm gonna the keep reading fiction this remake fucking sucks it does okay <laughs> oh. something happened to change that not for everyone, of course, but for what has become a larger and larger portion of us. Following the recession, we looked around to see who was to blame for the misfortune we had experienced. Politicians and the media were quick to, quick to point the finger. All right, hold on, everyone. Bankers, hold on, bankers hold and on. Wall. Oh, sorry. sorry. I was going to say, like, I want you to guess what he's going to say right here. Who did politicians blame? Um, poor people. people and teachers. That's right. It was bankers and Wall Street. Sorry, you were wrong. Bankers and Wall Street <laughs> types. They should, quote, go to jail. Washington had bailed out the guilty. They did. They, they <laughs> literally did. And that, that it was the politicians that did it. Wait, I, so I really appreciate that Mitt Romney is trying to bring us all together after right wing terrorists tried to invade the Capitol by like throwing shade at the left. That's Dude, really, really good of him. I, so uh, this that entire sentence, politicians, the media blamed bankers on wall streets and the quotes were washington had bailed out the guilty like who who is who i i know okay. i'm sorry like i listen i know you guys want to blame bankers and wall streets but actually it was homeless people that put together those subprime mortgage <laughs> tranches okay so okay. you're blaming the wrong people it, it was, was like, sorry there was like four times as much money bet on the mortgages as there were in the mortgages like like the the, the idea like this the idea that poor people have enough power to destroy the economy is like against what the idea of poor is. I know. It's against it's against the idea of the economy. Exactly. Yeah. Like so many Mitt Romneys were the ones that created like CDOs anyway. Like he was the one like like people just like Mitt Romney destroyed the economy, but for some reason don't blame them. Stop yelling at me. I know. Like, let's not take a look at what private equity has done to the country over the last uh, 20 years. But 
Okay, it, it was not lost on people vying for our attention that stoking anger enhanced their prospects. The same was known to be true from the beginning of history. Appealing to resentment and our more basic inclinations could always attract a crowd. Yeah, founders, Jesus, what are you talking about? <laughs> the founders took every step they could devise to protect the Republic from so-called demagogues. Their efforts worked for over 200 years. Several developments have combined to threaten that success. This is just him saying democracy sucks. Yep. Is is he unaware that there was a civil war or like of all of the different uprisings and or did democracy just fail yesterday completely? Like Well, Isaac, that was when we had too much democracy. We had to kind of check it a little bit. So like 400,000 Americans had to die. Okay. Institutions that enhance mutual understanding are declining. Americans are less likely to go to church where they interact with people from different races and backgrounds. Oh, Social- shut the fuck up, Mormon guy. He goes to church in Park City, Utah, in like he's or in holiday. I know where he lives. Church is where you meet people of diverse backgrounds. Uh, <laughs> I got to I got to tell you, I've seen those Mormon churches and they are Diverse. Pretty diverse. Pretty diverse. Once, <laughs> once once upon a time, I sat in the Belmont Chapel, Belmont, Massachusetts Chapel, when Mitt Romney was the governor of Massachusetts. There was not a single black person in that chapel, and it was chock full of people. Oh, my goodness. This just I, reminds I, me of, like, like, a David Axelrod, like, anecdote he gave after, like, the 2012 election, where, like... It's bad. Where, like, he, he called Obama to, like, congratulate him and concede the election and all that fun stuff. And Mitt Romney said to Barack Obama, boy, you sure were able to get all those people from Cleveland out to vote for you. Nice. Nice. Wonder what he meant by that. Um, Social endeavors like the Boy and Girl Scouts are waning. I wonder what what happened to the Boy Scouts. Uh, Um, Even faced... (laughs) One strike, uh, they allowed transgender and gay scout leaders and the second part is they're currently settling like 50 years worth of uh, sexual abuse scandals. That'll well, do it. Speaking of uh, Mitt Romney's Sounds- strong ties to the Mormon church and I, one of the major supporters of Boy Scouts for the century was, uh, oh, the Mormon church. That's right. But yeah, they, that'll do it. there are no sexual scandals anywhere near that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like the church is law firm has a hotline for like mormon sex abuse and it wasn't like the church like immediately like cut ties with the boy scouts right before the sex scandals started emerging that's just a weird coincidence just just so happens it's just fortuitous timing man so Uh, uh just just a brief news update yes the the, the, the earlier the cop they reported had died is no longer dead he's alive again uh (laughs) it's a miracle uh, they uh, the CNN apparently someone told three sources told CNN wrong. They even gathered all the guy's co-workers to tell him he was dead, but he was never oh, dead. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> um, so Holy that shit. cop's body is now property of OCP. Um <laughs> made him into a nice robo suit and <laughs> oh my wow. god. Robocop last night. That's good. That's so funny. <laughs> it, listen, speaking just on that topic, like if there's only one wish that I have for 2021, it's that we get some sort of like Proud Boys Paul Verhoeven movie. Oh, we man. have it. It's called Starship uh, Troopers. Okay. That's right. Okay. Maybe just maybe an update. I don't know. I'd like it. Um, 
let's see, even face-to-face interaction has become less frequent as as we and our children disappear into our cell phones. A trend felt even more acutely because of the ongoing pandemic. Oh, oh my God. He I loves it. I hate this old Persian bullshit. I know. I love it. Media embodied by the likes of Walker Cronkite once provided information trusted by almost all of us. Newspapers once admired for their comprehensive and accurate coverage are closing down. Now our information is curated by apps and crafted by radio and cable networks that appeal to our prejudices. Increasingly, the most successful media personalities rile their target base. It's because of assholes like you who consolidated media in like four companies. Yep. This is the same motherfucker who famously said corporations are people. Yeah, we we are, we, yeah, yeah, exactly. I also, I also just like, like, what's shutting down newspapers again? Yeah. Private well, equity. We we what, don't look we don't look Bain, at the causes of any of these things. We look at the Bain outcomes and say they're bad. Romney made his name in. Oh, it was private equity, which yep. whose job is to gut things and shut them down, and Dude. what's just happening to newspapers. So it's this amazing. Bill, he's the world's most famous carpetbagger. Oh my god, dude, this part there's is so in, good. There's a bill in front of Congress right now because 2,000 newspapers have shuttered in the last decade. It's like for public funding of small town newspapers. And I guarantee you, Mitt Romney will not vote. Nope, absolutely nope. not. Nope. So, okay, this is where it starts to get pretty juicy. Uh, let's see. Most disappointing of all, too many political figures have stoked these divisions. Demagogues on the left scapegoat the rich. Demagogues on the right scapegoat the immigrant. They each scapegoat each other. Politicians' language is more vulgar, bullying, and offensive. Reagan, Eisenhower, and Kennedy would not recognize today's political discourse. Oh, yeah, John Kennedy, (laughs) someone who's really not familiar with violent political discourse. I guess Jackie just needed a little more experience picking up skull out of the back of the limousine. Exactly. Uh, Is that, but like him... Yeah. Mitt Romney of all people talking of like defending rich people like as this motherfucker is worth a quarter billion dollars. Yep. And he got it carpetbagging. And also like talking like Ronald Reagan wouldn't be a part of like today's political discourse. What are you talking about? Hold he on. fucking started it. I just yeah, I just I just have to say you're going to tell me the guy who made welfare queen a popular pop culture oh, term in Ronald uh, Reagan was someone who when didn't he demonize people. That's, that's what you're right. going to tell me. That's and what you're going to uh, tell me. No. Famously called those African UN diplomats monkeys on that tape. And uh, also started his 1980 campaign like two miles away from where civil right, rights workers were murdered. Yep. Oh, that and was just a weird decision. And famously ignored the AIDS crisis because it was like a gay disease. Yeah, yep. and, and when pr- reporters asked about it, like his press secretary just called him gay. So, and it, this basically, I mean, we're getting into this all is, it, it all just comes down to us being nice to people, um, being nice to each other. But he, he continues and says, my reading of history suggests that we can heal social sickness. Again, he thinks this is all a social sickness. This isn't in any way determined by any economic impacts or any decisions that have been made. This is a social problem. This is an individual problem in the way that we treat each other. Um, first, a, a great leader who can, who quote, calls upon our better angels can bring us together. Churchill rallied his nation to resist and defeat Nazism. He only had to Rose- kill a couple million Bengalis to do it. Also, <laughs> right after they won the war, he called the Labor Party a bunch of Gestapo thugs for wanting health care. But hey, yeah, sure, you're right. Better angels. But hey, what's a little genocide between friends? That's right. 
Just depends on who you pick. Um, Roosevelt el- elicited the endurance that overcame despair. Also Lincoln locked healed- up a bunch of Japanese American people. <laughs> uh, Lincoln <laughs> healed a nation torn apart by war, insisting on, quote, malice toward none and charity for all. He should have had a little bit more malice. <laughs> Like FDR was almost overthrown in the business plot by a bunch of fascists in what 1934, I think. Yeah. And a congrat like Smedley Butler, that general who was recruited to be the guy who was going to overthrow him, testified in front of Congress. Congress found him credible, agreed that a bunch of fascists fed over to the president, and everyone forgot it. Uh, and one so of those fa- Yeah, and one of those fascists was also Prescott Bush. Just, yep. <laughs> just think about that last name for a second and see if you can tie it to some other American figures. Isaac, continue. Well, I, I, Lincoln was so effective at healing the nation's wounds that he was shot in the theater right after the Civil War ended. I mean, oh everybody God, I just came together and they were happy <laughs> and there wasn't major, like, riots and the creation of the KKK following the end of the Civil War. Here's the thing, boys, and that is that John Wilkes Booth was simply a Russian bot an anonymous account or a generally bad actor. He was getting down with the social sickness, dude. Let's go. Sir, I'll have you know he was a good actor. He did a lot of Shakespeare. The cure to everything that happened yesterday was just some milk and cookies to be brought out to those protesters and everything would have been fine. We'll get Spencer Cox's ass here in a sec, <laughs> right after this. Um, I, I do not believe one can overstate the impact uh, the leader of a nation can have for good or for bad. I earnestly pray that our president can rise to the challenge. Okay, so it, leaders do have impacts, but we're literally like this. He wrote this after the uh, what happened at, at the Capitol building. And he says, I pray that our president, I don't know, is he referring to Trump or Biden? I honestly don't know. I don't know. Like, it, it makes no sense. Like, none of this is like a thought that's connected. It's just like, yeah. it's like. He doesn't, t- n- nothing specific. Like, none of this is specific. He he Willard references, he's obviously talking about Bernie Sanders, but then he, you know, he, he's talking about Bernie and, and Trump, but like, none of this is specific. He doesn't give any, any actual events that, you know, actually impacted, um, this quote social sickness or how that might have impacted it. It's all just how we treat each other. Supposedly. It's all back in my day. We had respect for our elders yeah. and we also went to the museum and saluted the statue of George Washington. Literally just like reading Shaq talk about playing nineties ball. This is so it's fucking Bill, it's Bill Cosby. Pull, yeah, pull your, your pants, pants up. up yeah. Politics it really is. Um, let's see. So we're, we're almost, we're almost at the end here. Uh, let's see what I, who we choose oh wait oh yeah who we choose to lead us shapes our society i believe that it is our national character that made america the greatest nation on earth that the public personal character of leaders like washington lincoln lincoln reagan and truman had more influence on us than even the policies they promoted that's 100% bullshit <laughs> for Reagan in particular. Yeah, especially for um, Reagan. Also Truman to a lesser extent too. Like, yeah. like Truman getting us involved in the Korean War probably stopped any sort of progress on getting us a social safety net because yeah. we really had to stop North Korea from doing stuff and yeah. propping up the South Korean military dictatorship. Hooray. Today, I just, I cannot oh. get over, the, like, it is um, completely amoral to say that someone's leadership is more than the policies that they implement. The policies yeah. that they implement affect people in real time. They're real people. It, I don't they, care. I don't care what politicians say. I really don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't watch the debates. 
I don't read politicians' statements. I don't care because I look at their voting record. Yeah, what yeah. have they done? I, I don't care how a politician makes me feel. Like you can pull that whole like it's morning in America bullshit with Ronald Reagan, but then I know all the all of his policies and what they what the the impact they had on people was. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of caring how a politician made me feel when I voted for Barack Obama. Yeah, and like it was a lot of empty promises and nothing accomplished. Yeah, I. Uh... I there's so much of this project is to divorce uh you know the point of this is to make it so people aren't responsible for uh the impact of their policies and the outcomes of their policies as long as someone can be quote presidential or kind and polite or whatever you know that's equal like that's to that's 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 more important than the impact and the outcome of their policies it doesn't matter how much harm they actually um, that actually comes of, of, of what they actually do, as long as they're nice and kind in the way that they come across to other people. I mean, this is Mitt Romney's career, both in the private and public. I was, I got an argument on Twitter. I, I don't, I try not to get into arguments on Twitter anymore, but I got in one about Mitt Romney the other day because he is, he's being valorized already by liberals who think this type of person is in any way respectable, but it's so fucking slimy and disgusting to try to minimize the impact of the policies of, of, of politicians. It's their fucking job. Hey, in 2012, yeah. did you know and do you remember that Mitt Romney flew to Las Vegas, to Trump Hotel, to accept Donald Trump's nomination? Gasp. But I'm so sure he, I'm he, sure Donald Trump was completely normal then. He legitimized this birther pushing conspiracy theorist by flying to him and accepting his nomination for president. Yep. Mitt Romney did that. Mitt Romney did that. Yeah, that was Mitt Romney. He did that in 2012. I think so. To now pretend Mitt Romney, that there's no part of like he has no part of this. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Just, just anybody like among the names that are you saying oh these are the kinds of leaders that we need to have again naming harry truman who when the japanese were ready to surrender and there was every indication that the war would have been over without using the atomic bomb bombed hiroshima two? not yeah not one but two why was nagasaki bombed why why was there a second bomb no reason just i wanted to show everybody that i had that power and I needed to kill a few more civilians. Uh, yeah, yeah. It and was a it was a fuck you to generations the Union of families because he wanted yeah. to start the Cold War. Yeah, just yeah. generations of families destroyed. But I mean, uh, if he only was we nice. could have another leader that was willing to use nuclear weapons. Insane. So he continues today when I vote, I pay as much attention to, uh, to the character of the candidate as I do to their policies. If we choose leaders who inflame resentment and division, our nation will be angry and divided. We have a choice to make. Would we rather have our side win to punish the other side or would we rather have our nation united? But oh presidents, God. I know, but presidents and politicians are not only leaders who influence society. Leaders of churches, congregations, classrooms, businesses, charities, and homes can influence the character of the nation. When each of us encourages com uh, comedy, what's C-O-M-I-T-Y? Is that comedy? I don't fucking yeah, know. Comedy. I don't know what that word means. means Understanding like neighborliness or getting along or something. There we go. <laughs> uh, good, it translates to it translates to to committee. That's right. It's it's kind of like it means mutual aid, but not in the good way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Understanding and grace, we heal. When we disparage, bully, or treat others with, with contempt, we deepen the rift that divides us. I believe this, this is my favorite paragraph of the whole thing. I believe that we should watch and read, not just sources we attend to agree with, but also sources we disagree with. If Fox is your regular diet, watch NBC, CNN, or ABC now and then. Conversely, if MSNBC is your regular, don't make it exclusive. We need to broaden our reading as well. I note that news organizations like the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times make an effort to get the facts, and when they make a mistake, they acknowledge it. Social media has no fact checkers, no editors, and often doesn't even disclose who actually wrote a post. I pray for the healing of the nation, literally. I wish there were more faith in God, more reverence for all of his children. A brilliant leader of a respected think tank in Washington has concluded that I that love is the on, only sure answer to what ails us. I think he's right. Okay, so... I'm just mad that Romney wants to dox me. One one real issue with uh, those organizations he polls to is that, first of all, the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times have paywalls on their articles. Guess what doesn't? Facebook doesn't. Instagram doesn't. 4chan doesn't. So by having like news inaccessible to people, you're not going to be able to do it. Also, to say that the Wall Street Journal, which is a news corp rag by Rupert Murdoch, is somehow making an effort to get this facts straight, that's fucking horseshit. Because that's... It used to be, sort of, but still it was like a newspaper for just like rich Wall Street brokers to actually feel good about themselves. Fuck, that sucks. It, I love that when he was talking about, he would rather, would you rather have a nation united or your side win? And it, like, it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, I'd like to have a united nation that wants us all to have health care, that wants everybody to be able to eat food and to have housing over their heads. Unfortunately, one side just is completely against those kinds of ideas. Like, hey, we yeah. should have shelter. We should have health care. We should take care of one another. I would rather have my side win on those issues than unity. I don't care if the guy next door hates me, if he's well-fed and he's happy and he's able to provide for himself and get health care. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's the fucking difference. I like in the argument I, I referenced, I was talking about how how like someone like Mitt Romney is is I called him evil. And, and I was like talking about like people like Mitt Romney, like this is the type of evil that I just cannot like it's it's because it fools so many people. And I and this person responded to me and said, oh, like, I don't know how you function, like feeling like you hate half the country. And I was like, this, Mitt Romney's is this, class of people is not half the country. I don't hate, I don't hate Republicans who just like are fall into this type of thing. Like I don't hate regular people. I have more in common with a Republican across the hall than I do with Nancy Pelosi. Like I, these sides that are developed where it's MSNBC versus Fox news and it's, it's Bernie Sanders versus Donald Trump or what, like these sides that are created supposedly by people like Mitt Romney is such a disgusting dichotomy or it's, it's a false dichotomy that they create to make us think it's turned all... it's turned politics into sports. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that like to use Spencer Cox's words against him, like that's what that's yeah. turning this into a sport. I don't hate, I, I, I don't hate just average working Republicans or whatever. Like that's not, of course not. Like I don't hate, I, I, I find connections with regular people. I hate this class of people that makes it impossible for us to quote, like, you know, that, that when we criticize them or talk shit to them because they should be shit talked to constantly, they make it seem like 
you know, we're contributing to the downfall of America and then they get to wash their hands of all the sins that people like Mitt Romney, that Mitt Romney have done and uh, left us with the country and the this fucking train that we're on and where we're headed and we just can't get off. Yeah, just look at like the media choices that Mitt Romney puts in that section too. Like he says, like he puts it in as like Fox and MSNBC are somehow like different ends of the spectrum from each other. But when I look at that list, all I see is I see News Corp, I see Comcast, I see Time Warner, and I see Disney. Those are the ones who are run those, running those news organizations, and those are the ones that have the most interest in those news organizations, yeah. telling them to actually, they're shaping the news, essentially. And they're and, all in the same class as Mitt Romney. And for-profit news is part of the problem. It doesn't matter who's yeah. running it. Running news for profit means it's got to make money, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, the BBC is a great news source. And of course, the, the Conservative Party in England are constantly always attacking it and trying to break it down and make it less effective. But it is effectively just state-funded independent media. It doesn't have to go, you know, get ad dollars or anything like that. And that's the kind of thing that, that is really lacking in America. Like, it, there needs to be that. Which if you haven't yet, go and watch some of the BBC videos and get an outside perspective <clears throat> of what other countries think of America and went on yesterday. It'll be a very mind-opening experience that I urge everyone who's listening listening to this pod to do. Always, we always appreciate when NATO is commenting on all of the electoral turmoil in our country. So, <laughs> uh, I will say that like one, one thing Mitt does in that um, article, to my mind, is he mixes up uh, the order of the way things work, like. He's basically saying we need to uh, be peaceful and love each other so we can come together and do things in the government where it's like, if if we if the government did things, people would have to be more responsible with their vote. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. it would inherently be more civil if, if, um, if, if you had to, if, if, you're, if, you, if your vote decided whether or not roads got fixed and whether or not your healthcare uh, uh, got better or not, as opposed to, just being the sports team you root for on TV, yeah, had practical contact with your life, people would be more civil because the debates would be more concrete and less like purely ideological. Absolutely, yeah. If someone if if someone connected their vote to a material impact in their life, then absolutely, you know, that's where we could get to. But you're absolutely right; it's completely backwards. It's like look at the shitstorm that we've left you with, and. If you vote one way or the other, you're you are probably going to see very little material impact either way. So better pick your team and uh, hope it's the right one and it makes you feel comfortable with your neighbors or whatever. Like it's it's so aesthetic that like, I mean that's really all it is. It's try this whole project is really just to make um, politics purely aesthetic. And uh, we've brought him up a couple times, Spencer Cox. I mean I really don't have much to say to him at this point. He. He is our new governor and this is his first week in office, I think. And he's really just been like, hey, don't forget about me again. Uh, still not doing shit about like coronavirus, but just, you know, please, please watch my video. Like I, I, I when I was an elected governor, I posted this video and I think now is a really good time that you go back and watch it and like like and subscribe type type beat he's on and uh, retweets videos from like Ben Sass, you know, just the normal oh. cast and crew of just like just garbage Republicans who just are so obsessed with this idea of unity or whatever, when like 
it's just a way to make them feel comfortable and disconnected from the material impact that they have on people's lives due to the policies that they enact. And yeah. like, um, it's, you know, we're supposed to be nice to people who, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how these, that, that's the only way that they can make themselves feel okay about what they're doing. If they can blame, put the blame of, you know, these actions that they see, if, if they can blame all of that on people just like taking in the wrong media source or, you know, getting worked up on Facebook and it's social media's fault and everyone's looking at their phones too much and people are just like not looking in the good in others, then they can ignore their own fucking failures and being at the helm of power and letting people down, letting people die. And like Isaac said, like my team, the team that I want to win is uh, to immiserate uh, as much human suffering as possible. And like, I don't know what the fuck Spencer Cox and Mitt Romney, I don't know what their team is, but that's my team. And I know that's all of our team too. So I don't give a fuck what their team wants. Like, I don't think about it in terms of teams, but that's what I'm fighting for. And so I don't care about being nice to people uh, in power. They all they do that for all that civility is just to make you feel bad and to make them feel better about the impact that they have on people's lives. Sorry, I'm rambling, but goddamn, I'm mad at this shit. No, well, and that's the thing. Like, you can <laughs> challenge them in a civil <laughs> manner, and they will not give you a straight answer, right? I can go to Spencer Cox and I can say, you know, like with the school board extortion, I can say, hey, extortion is bad. Morally, I think extortion is bad. And so what I think you've done here is morally bad. So, so explain yourself and they won't, right? Like, like I can come to them with a moral argument and say, actually, morally, that was a very, to extort someone is actually very uncivil. It is an yeah. uncivil action to take upon someone and they have no answer and they won't yeah. because they don't, they don't actually hold themselves to any standard. You are yeah. held to a standard of civility and the way that you can talk to them and act, but they, yeah are not required to to sh to give you the time of day it's disgusting i, yeah. I Sir, the, the civility stuff is always so funny to me because like you, the, the you watch the senate and they'll be like the gentleman from south carolina i dare disagree i stand in opposition to it. it's all this shit but they'll be talking about whether or not to kill a million people in iraq or whatever and <laughs> right you so it, it, the rest of the country, America is so powerful. We don't even really kind of conceive of it. So like you're just like a, a a guy who owns a store in Iraq, and you're watching these people very politely debate whether or not to kill you. And you're like, I just fucking have a store, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It must seem like it's from another planet. Yeah, no, it's it's a luxury to not be able to care about American foreign policy, like. Isaac's an, uh, he's an immigration attorney. So he sees this from a bit of a different perspective than your average American. But like for people that live in other countries, you can't just um, ignore American foreign policy. Um, and it's honestly also, like, I, oh, it's sorry, like living with a drunk giant. Yeah. Like you just don't know when he's just going to finally just snap and just burst your head. Exactly. Well, I, I, I even, I have to admit, like, I feel this way, right? Like I'm trapped in a pandemic. And the state government won't do anything, and like anything at all. Like my yeah. mom could get sick and die at any time. And I would lay the blame solely at the feet of the state government who has done yeah. nothing, right? Like you, yeah. like, like at some point you can't, you can't give, like individual actors cannot control something like a pandemic. Yeah, it, it's impossible. You can't, you can't control a pandemic at the state school board level. Well, yeah, we, that's insane. Of, 
speaking of that, uh, of these kinds of issues, like something I've said about with climate change, nobody, like the Democrats acknowledge that climate change exists, but neither party is willing to do anything about it. And at an individual level, it doesn't matter if I have an electric car. There yeah. are questions about how eco-friendly those are anyways, depending on who you get them from. Like it doesn't matter power how much from. I do, I can't stop global warming. The yeah. U.S. military, they can do a lot to change. Yep. Well, no, I, I, that's exactly it. I mean, uh, to close things out, uh, and I know uh, Luca just scored to put Mavericks up two, and then Yoka's just scored to send it into overtime. So we'll uh, we'll adjourn here shortly. But I mean, just like I mean, it was it was Cleveland they hit the three to to put the Mavs ahead. Yeah, just oh. Luca got the assist though. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. He made a great read. I saw. I saw. Yeah. I only saw the Yoka shot, but I did see Luca name Luca's name in the chat from Greg. But anyway, um, so like I mean, just like Isaac said, like we're so tricked into thinking that individual. Uh, responsibility and again and i i don't want to say like your actions as a person don't matter because i think interpersonal relations like in the relationships that, that that we build with other people and building solidarity with other people that's of course like caring for other people and having empathy and compassion and believing in a sense of justice like those are all personal decisions that we can have and like those are those are things that are foundational to to those relationships, but individual actions for these gigantic systemic problems, especially like climate change, is is a great example with how they you know try to force us into thinking that personal responsibility is going to make a difference. Like I'm, I was at a, um, I, I was just talking to my girlfriend the other day, uh, talking about, um, I, I think we were talking about re recycling maybe, but I was like, um, you know, they try to make you think that like one person, you know doing this is going to make a difference or like uh or or anything like that but really like you and all of your your friends and your family you could all go vegan and recycle everything and like it really doesn't make a difference like they want us to think that it is on us these problems that are that require systemic solutions are on individual actions like us when really it requires like systemic overhaul and Climate change is a scary one to think about because I mentioned the train that we're all on. We know where it's headed and uh, we're not, we don't appear to be getting off anytime soon. But anyway. Point, one point I want to make about Spencer Cox and civility sure. right, is he had this call about, you know, we had, we had this insurrection in the Capitol, right? In his whole video, he said not that the riot about a fake election fraud that never happened shouldn't have happened at all. It was just that it shouldn't have been violent, right? Yeah. And he didn't call out Donald Trump in particular. And to me, I'm like, that is, that is the ultimate form of appeasement. You have a problem in Donald Trump and like this election fraud. And he's yeah. too afraid to say the name and to hold anyone to account. And that is like the Republican Party problem in a nutshell. Yep. It's the same, like Mitt Romney at least said his name. Like, goddamn, I'll give him some credit for that. The rest of them were too cowardly. Yeah. Too cowardly. The bar is so incredibly low. <laughs> Just limboing yeah. underneath it. Anyway. Well, uh, Isaac, Colin, Mark, I want to thank you three for uh, joining us. Mark, I, ho I hope the Mavericks win. Yeah, we're up, the maps. We're currently up two in OT. So I'm, uh, I'm whoever, whoever's listening to this in the future knows how whether we fucked it up or not. So. That's right. <laughs> oh, uh, another news break. That cop died again. Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Serious. Yeah. 
This is such well, a saga. That's what has to happen oh, to, my to God. create the RoboCop. Yeah, he he's, he's Schrodinger's cop. He is simultaneously <laughs> dead and alive. Didn't that happened with one of the like minor celebrity, the Bond yeah, girl, Tanya Roberts? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, it's, dude, it's, that is crazy. It's just been a it's just been a week for the uh, Lazarus Project, I guess. The, the <laughs> resurrection and second death. That's that's what 2021 is bringing us. Damn. Yeah. Damn, I hope I get some of that if I die. <laughs> it only lasts a day, apparently, or a couple <laughs> hours. So. just want to leave us on one note, and Isaac already mentioned it uh, with Legacy of Ashes, which is one of my favorite books and should be necessary for reading for anybody who listens to this pod, along with the People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, which really kind of goes to this idea that we keep hearing people saying, America is better than this. America doesn't do things like this. And the fact of the matter is they're right because this is the kind of insurrection that we usually sponsor in another country. And you should read both those books. Yeah, and we need to uh, come to come to terms with what this country is and what it has been before we can make any sort of changes to it. But this shit's it, not going away, and it's, it's not, not going to get better. Pretending like it is, it just makes it worse the next time this thing pops up. So. No, and that's that's what gets scary is like, is this is this just a silly moment in history, or is this like the Boston Tea Party? Nope, this is uh, this that's, is a piece of a long chain of events that's just going to continue. Yeah, uh, yep. it was a decade between Hitler's failed coup and Hitler taking full power in Germany. And I mean, you know, it, Godwin's law and all that. But there's there are some similarities and parallels. That's right. All right. Well, everyone, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we will see you next time. Love you.